Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hola, Miami. Mi amo Dan a day. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Have some great best of on the way for you from the Joe Rose Show. Talking to Ira Heatbeat Winderman because the heat are white hot. Also, Dan Levitard Show talking to Zoo Miami's Ron McGill. If you're an animal lover like me, you're going to absolutely love that. Then Hawk and Crowder, they have a new toy in the studio. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, so we'll just have to wait to find out just a little later in the show. But you do not have to wait for headlines because... Here they are. Behind Jimmy Butler's season-high 38 points, the Heat destroyed the 76ers, 137-106 last night. They play the Clippers in L.A. tomorrow. In other Heat news, Miami is said to be one of the teams interested in trading for Memphis's Andre Iguodala. The forward is yet to play a game this season. The Panthers down the Maple Leafs 5-3 yesterday. They play again tonight in Columbus against the Blue Jackets at 7. Kane's basketball looks to get back into the W column tomorrow night at home against NC State. Pre-game starts here on 560 The Joe at 8. In an attempt to raise revenue, the Jaguars plan to play two games in London. The Dolphins are also expected to play one game across the pond next season. The Marlins will host their Fan Fest this Saturday from 3 to 7 p.m. at Marlins Park. The festival is free and gives fans a chance to meet the players, coaches, and participate in fun baseball activities. And now, we take a step into the day spa. (sighs) An elderly couple in North Carolina recently won almost $800,000 by playing the lottery. You know what that means. Next time they see their grandkids, they're not going to give them four bits, but instead, a whole dollar. Love you, Grandma. Love you, Grandpa. A New Jersey zoo has paired a cheetah with a service dog. Ooh, this is not going to end well. At a South African zoo, a baboon has taken in a baby lion cub as its own. Once again, ooh, this is not going to end well. Now on the weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast has a chance of rain with temperatures around 70. In the mornings, it's all about a cup of joe and the Joe Rose Show. 6 to 10 weekdays right here on 560. The Joe last night, as I just mentioned, the heat throttled the 76ers and it feels so good so it's oh so good to hear from ira heat beat winderman talking about easy peasy we're not soft the philly no fit and the impending trade deadline ira winderman joins us this morning good morning ira good morning gentlemen it couldn't have been easier last night you think you think 81 in the second half and oh how about how about ben simmons Coming out before we get into Jimmy Butler's game and 29 minutes of for 38 points. How about this guy coming out saying we're soft? There's nobody softer than he is. I, I just yeah. love that must go over real big in in their locker room. 
that that is one messed up team that at the first sign of adversity they just give in. We've seen it in their blowout losses and that incredible nine and eighteen road record. And here you have a team last night that is dominant with Joel Embiid early, has eleven quick points, is getting anything he wants, and they just go away from him. They just forget he's there. And I, I almost give Joel Embiid credit for holding his tongue after the game. That is one. Ben Simmons is right. That is one mentally weak team. And the question now is not whether Brett Brown will be coaching the team next season. To me, the question is whether we'll be coaching the team the rest of this season. That is a team for their talent level. The parts don't fit. There's no leadership from the top. You bring in a guy like Al Horford. I didn't even notice he was there last night. That is is the classic case of the sum of the parts really add up to far less than you would think. So I I just have a follow-up to that, and Zach and I have been talking about this whole thing. Because I've heard some people say they need to get a shooter desperately before this trade deadline. Or is it just certain times you put guys together and it's just not a good fit and that's the biggest problem they have? Yeah, I think the Embiid-Simmons thing doesn't work because both are almost seemingly more concerned about being stars than being winners or being champions. So I, I don't know how you break that up, but it seems like you have to between those two guys. And I think last year's Sixers team with Jimmy Butler with J.J. Reddick showed that the ancillary pieces and the shooting does matter. Now, granted, they didn't have Josh Richardson last night, but we also know that Josh Richardson is not a lead role guy. He's a number three or number four player, so he'll help them there. But, yeah, I think they have to do something with Ben Simmons. I That's another one of those guys with that sort of Rondo-like game that he can rebound, he can pass, but he doesn't shoot that great. And I don't think it works on that team. I think they could be a team by Thursday's NBA trading deadline that really swing for the fences for something big. Because imagine, Joe, after all these years, if the process adds up to nothing. Right. Yeah, that would be the biggest nightmare for that franchise at this point. God, it's funny, too, because when you look at it, they probably would have been better off getting rid of maybe Simmons and keeping Jimmy Butler there. Yeah, or, or and especially keeping J.J. Redick. You know, right. again, it's the little thing. It's the shooting. The Heat goes to the zone again last night. That was at least two games against the 76ers this season where you could see that the zone had a major, major impact in stopping Philadelphia. And you know what, guys? This is a very possible four versus five first-round series where home court will meet plenty. And the fact that he won the series 3-1 now gives them that tiebreaker. Hey, Ira, uh, another follow-up to, to Ben Simmons, and this is just in general. We've seen Jason Kidd. We've seen Magic become better outside shooters throughout yes. their career by working at it. Ben Simmons, I mean, I guess he's not a good because he doesn't take shots outside and – has he worked on his game? Is anybody saying anything? He doesn't look like he's gotten any better besides being soft. I mean, they say now he's at least attempting a few three-pointers this season. He's showing that the free throw stroke, he can hit those shots. Again, there are certain guys who just think they could play another way. Look at Jimmy Butler last night. When he hit that three-pointer out of nowhere last night in the third quarter, he had gone three weeks without a three-pointer, had missed, I think it was like 17 in a row or something like that. I'm not sure you have to have that outside game when you could be that dynamic getting to the rim. Yes, Ben Simmons needs to take another step. He's still relatively young, but I think Ben Simmons just can't play on a team with a dominant post player because he wants the lane. He wants to paint. He wants to be that magic kind of player. It's a long time since Magic and Kareem thrived. This league has changed. It's about spacing. It's about the three-pointer. So, yeah, Ben Simmons has to step up a little bit more but right now ain't working. Like we said, trade deadline is coming up. Uh, do you expect anything sure. 
from the Heat? You expect any kind of move from the Heat? I think the Heat will be involved in a lot of talk because there are some very intriguing names out there right now, including Drew Holiday from the Pelicans and maybe Danilo Gallinari from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Keep in mind, though, the Heat are under a hard cap. Cannot trade a first-round pick because they don't have one to trade. You can only go out seven years on first-round picks. The Heat's picks are all encumbered by the NBA rule. You can't have consecutive future first-round picks outstanding. The Heat don't even have a second-round pick to throw in. So here's the deal, guys. If they're going to make a move for a big player, for a big name, it's going to have to be a big move. There's going to be have to, have to be something substantive thrown in there. I could see them throwing in a Derrick Jones Jr., for example. He's an impending free agent. You only have so much money, something like that. But I think the guy people are talking about tossing in are the guys. Gordon Dragic is playing too well to this team's success. I mean, he almost went to Dallas last, you know, last summer in the Butler deal. You have that going on. And then the incredible Justice Winslow story. He's your ultimate trade chip. But if you're not ambulatory, if you've just played one game since December 4th, who's biting on that? Joe, you know how it is with a back injury. You never know how far back guys make it with things like that. I'm even curious if Justice travels with the team today when they fly to Los Angeles. How many deals, how active do you think it's going to be before Thursday? I think it'll be really active for this reason. So many teams view themselves in contention, either for title, either for home court, or even for the playoffs, that I think teams are going to think, hey, a little change, something someone out, one little subtle move can maybe make a difference. So, look, I think there'll be a ton of chatter. We know that. Whoa, Choms will follow them. There'll be all that speculation. But, yeah, I think there'll be a bunch of moves and a lot of jockeying for position, including in the Heat race, where number two to number six in the Eastern Conference is so tight right now. I think teams feel like, hey, even like a Marcus Morris, just one more player to solidify something and get you home court. Because right now there's no guarantees for Toronto, Miami, and Boston, as well as they're playing, that they're going to hold off the Sixers and the Pacers for home court. Same thing in the West at the bottom of that race. So I think it'll be really active. Might only be bluster, but I think at least in advance of it, teams will be doing plenty of conversation. You brought up Drew Holiday and maybe even Clint Capella, but are those are the biggest names. Who's the biggest name that, that might be moved at this point? Because obviously with Beal, you can't move Beal because of the contract, right, when he signed. You're going to have D'Angelo Russell. Like D'Angelo Russell, is that yeah. the next biggest name? D'Angelo Russell's a big name and will get moved, but to me, he's just D'Angelo Russell. Right. God bless him. I think the Chris Paul thing is still interesting. You can say all the right things you want about, hey, we're Oklahoma City, we're in the playoff race, we didn't expect to be there, he's the leader that we need, but he's not a long-term guy there. So if I can Hendricks says, you know what, forget the 2021 free agency. We're going to pay that extra money and pick him up. I think he's a guy who still very much could wind up and play. Montrell Harrell from the Los Angeles Clippers, an impending free agent. They might not have the resources to keep him. He could be in play for them. Also, the Lakers are looking for one more scoring wing. I think the Lakers are sort of that all-in team. This is their moment with Anthony Davis, who still could become a free agent in the offseason and likely will based on his extension possibilities. So I think the Lakers will be active also. So there will be several teams out there. The two guys I would look at is the San Antonio. Is it enough for them to squeeze into the playoffs as the number eight with a losing record? Or is this when they retool? And could LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan come free? And those are two good heat names for this reason. Neither has a contract that goes to the 2021 offseason when Giannis Antetokounmpo could be a free agent. So I think keep an eye on the Spurs. Greg Popovich has never given in. They always make the playoffs. But might someone come to him and say, hey, this might be our time to take a small step back, get collateral, get young players, get draft choices, 
and then start all over again. I would keep an eye on the Spurs. The Rosen, to me, is funny, too, because they put this team together, and I don't even know if they really knew what they were doing in San Antonio besides just trying to get some names there. Obviously, you needed to get DeRozan in the Kawhi deal there. But uh, So, D'Angelo Russell, I'm just trying to think of anyone else because the Lakers are going to go on, but who could the Lakers go all in for? What assets do they have outside of, obviously, their two big names to give a whole bunch of draft picks? I mean, you always hear Contavious Caldwell Pope right. is sort yeah, of always, always the name of the day for a, te- a team like that, but it'll probably have to be some sort of draft collapse. There's not much left over after they did all their offseason wheeling and right. dealing. But again, sometimes, you know, just to get get an older player who might want out anywhere, even a Marcus Morris would work for them as well. The Knicks say they're keeping him. They're not. That's a bunch of bluster. They're just trying to pick up the bidding. So I keep an eye on that. Tristan Thompson also will be available from the Cavaliers. Oh, the boy. The Wizards who are going all in on the playoffs. Hey, he's a rebounder. Perfect for Watch the Lakers and the Kardashians. Game. Right, right. He's trying to and get then, his girl back. And the, right. other one, and the other one is Kevin Love. And let's face it, he doesn't fit on the Cavaliers. But that $30 million a year contract for who Kevin Love is and has become might seem a little bit too onerous. I would keep an eye on Portland with him, which would probably involve an Hassan Whiteside move which really matters how close is Joseph Joseph Nurkic coming back there. So, again, a lot of moving pieces as the clock now is ticking down to these last 48 or so hours. Ira, how does Pat Riley and his guys in that front office, Andy and the rest of them, look at the way they played last night? And I, I it's got to be a teaser like, damn, we've been so good. Let's just go with this and, You're right. and, and leave it alone, man. Let's just leave it alone. My God, last night. Three turnovers, only three turnovers is impressive. Is there 81 points? They got a lot of guys still playing at a high level. This is no longer a week or two. They, they got a pretty good thing going here. Why mess it up? And here, and he, But here's the deal. Look, no one said this is a championship season for the Heat, except maybe the players. No one probably even said this is an Eastern Conference final season for the Heat, except maybe the players. But, Joe, look at it the other way. If you say to yourself, wow, we're really good. Look what we did to the Sixers, one of the better teams in the East. Do you change the timetable? Do you all of a sudden say, you know what? One more piece, we're better than the Raptors. One more piece, we're better than the Celtics. So I think a performance like last night, on one hand, might make you say, hey, we're really good. Let's not mess a good thing up. I think on the other hand, it might have you say, you know what? This is our time now. We could get to the Eastern Conference Finals. We could see play them very well before. Not that we have the key to Giannis Antetokounmpo, but we've played them well. So I wonder if that could be the case also, where the Heat say, you know what? One more guy with Jimmy, and maybe this is our moment right now. I think the Heat have a lot to think about in these next two days. That back phone's not ringing for Neon, right, from another team? Nobody, nobody's no, you know what? Here. The back phone might be ringing from the Heat because of Tyler Hero's ankle is bad. Dion is a guy who's either going to play not at all or a bunch. There's a decent chance that Dion Waiters will be on the court tomorrow, national TV, against the Clippers if they decide, let's give Tyler Hero a little break before the All-Star break. So it really has been an all-or-nothing season for Dion. Two nothings in a row now in the victories over the Magic and Sixers. But he could be back in the rotation tomorrow. Thank you, Ira. We appreciate the time. Thanks, Ira. We'll talk about Jimmy's points another time. Thanks, guys. Right. Yeah, why talk about 38 points a season high from Jimmy Butler when you can talk about Dion Waiters coming off the bench? Nonetheless... The Heat are, for real, very, very fun team to watch. And I watch a lot of basketball. They are some of the funnest, most interesting teammates that are working together that you can possibly see. Speaking of working together, the Dan Lebitard Show, they work with my man, Ron McGill. Here's a little taste of what they're going to be talking about in just about six minutes from now. The 
greatest athletes in the world cannot match the animal kingdom. Remember that, you sports radio guys. I'll talk to you next week. Love you. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah, you got to get excited about that. And also later on the show, Hawk and Crowder, they have a new toy, and I don't know if it's a good thing. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day. Ah, just reliving that Super Bowl halftime show. Some J-Lo. Love don't cost a thing. When people ask me who won, J-Lo or Shakira, I said, we did as viewers. Whew, both of them very, very, very solid in their performances. Just a good Super Bowl altogether. Kudos to this great city of Miami. And kudos to Dan Lebetard. He's been doing it here in the MIA for a very long time. And one of his merry men that makes the show even that much better, Zoo Miami's Ron McGill. He joins the show and brings a style all his own, plus a special rendition of Back in the Day, plus... Dan makes a great point. The most popular segment we do. Brian, you're on with Ron McGill of Zoo Miami. Go ahead. Hey, Ron and Dan. I got a question. So when geese and ducks fly south for the winter, um, I mean, who determines who leads that V? Is it like some alpha duck or goose that says, follow me if you want to go out of this colder life? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I don't know exactly what determines it, but it's not always the same duck or goose. So they do switch that position. So I think it's just a rotating thing. Um, but I can't tell you who decides when and where they're going to make that switch. So it's an interesting question. Again, the expert fails at coming up with information. Lauren, you're on with our expert, uh, Ron McGill of Zoo Miami. <laughs> Go ahead, Lauren. Yeah, Ron, I was in Australia, and uh, I heard that baby koalas aren't born with the ability to digest eucalyptus. I was wondering if you could explain sort of the process that moms pass on that enzyme to their baby and why they haven't uh, evolved to do that. Yeah, well, basically, koalas being marsupials, they're born in almost in an embryonic state. They come out the size of a bumblebee. They're totally hairless. You would never think it's a koala. It looks like a newborn pinky rat. They have not developed any of the enzymes or the digestive juices needed for eucalyptus, which is toxic to most animals. So what they do is they're born after only about 30 days. They crawl into the pouch. At the bottom of the pouch, they lock onto a nipple, and that pouch is like a secondary uterus. Through the nipple, they are getting enzymes through the mother's milk that is going to help build that digestive uh, resistance needed for eucalyptus. So by the time they come out of that pouch as a furry little cute joey, where it looks like a newborn baby koala with hair, it's already built up that resistance through the nourishment that's received through the nipple in the pouch. I know that's a long answer. I'm sorry, Dan. I know you don't like those, but it needed to be said. Noah, you're on with Ron McGill. Go ahead. Hey, Ron, I learned something the other day that absolutely singed my face off. Apparently, Komodo dragons, female Komodo dragons, can reproduce without the help of a male. They just sort of like spit out babies. <laughs> How do Komodo okay. dragons reproduce without because any males involved? They have, been, they have been discovered to be parthenogenic. There are many animals. Well, there are a significant number of animals animals that are parthenogenic. We see it a lot in fish. We also see it in reptiles and amphibians, where they actually can change the sex and fertilize themselves and reproduce that way. Now, unfortunately, all the babies have the exact same DNA as the, as the parent. So in the long term, that's not a healthy form of reproduction, because then you're going to come into a real inbreeding problem. But it does do wonders for very sparse populations that you're trying to build up. It pretty is. It, I mean, it's incredible. When you think of parthenogenesis, that is flipping incredible, that an animal can change sex halfway through development to, an, and to, to, to be able to reproduce to save a species. Come on, man. Nature's fantastic. Nikki, go ahead. You're on with McGill. Ron, I'm from Houston, and we're a city that's always having to watch the tropics like Miami. Are there ever any instances where a zoo has to evacuate animals during a hurricane? And if so, how do you decide which animals 
get evacuated and which ones just have to suck it up and ride it out? Good question. I do sympathize with you in Houston. We are in that hurricane belt. Generally speaking, we don't evacuate animals because of wind. The only time an animal would be evacuated is because of extreme flooding. Now, most areas, most zoos, like our zoo is at a very high level. Now, if we had a flood that was going to flood the zoo to the point that the animals uh, would drown, then it it would be just a horrific situation. We'd probably end up evacuating then. But generally speaking, we do not evacuate because the stress of the evacuation oftentimes can be more detrimental to the animal than actually going through the hurricane. We have found that out in the past, going through Hurricane Andrew, we realized that animals have an innate instinct to survive wind, to survive flying debris, as long as they're afforded a place to find uh, find shelter, the only thing they cannot survive is flooding if they're maintained in a place that can't escape the flooding. You know, that that's the problem. So flooding is the biggest problem, the biggest determining factor when it comes to evacuating an animal. Cole, you're on with Ron McGill of Zoo Miami. Go ahead, Cole. I'm wondering if any other animals freeze during the winter like iguanas. Yeah, a lot of animals. Any kind of reptile. There are some animals that go into a torpid state. There's actually a, a, a type of, of fish that will freeze solid. There, there are certain animals that freeze solid where they're like like block of ice. Uh, iguanas will not freeze into a block of ice and survive. If they go into like frozen, like a, like a popsicle block of ice, they're dead, okay? They go into a torpid state where they're really cold and they look like they're dead. But there are animals that actually freeze like a block of ice. Like if you hit them, you could break them in half, which of course would kill them. But if you leave them alone, they'll defrost and come to life. It's fantastic stuff. Greg Cody, you owe $2 for your phone making that sound. Christina, you're on with Ron McGill of Zoo Miami. Go ahead, Christina. Hey, Ron. I was wondering, um, I live in North Carolina and I've been seeing a lot of hummingbirds that are not migrating south. How would just this affect the ecosystem here as well as where they would be migrating to? Thank you. That's a, that's a great question. With climate change, with the winters becoming less severe, we are finding several species of animals, whether it be birds, whether it be butterflies, that aren't migrating. And people say, oh, so what's the matter with that? They're staying around here. It's great. Well, the problem with that is they're not pollinating the flowers that they would normally pollinate by migrating south. So these flowers down south that await the, the arrival of these animals migrating to pollinate them, to get them to reproduce, are not being pollinated. They're not reproducing. That causes a domino effect because when those plants don't reproduce, they may provide the food for another animal that now no longer has that food, and so on and so on and so on. So people thinking, well, it's warm, so the animals don't have to migrate. Well, that migration serves a purpose. They're spreading seeds. They're pollinating plants. They're doing things. So with climate change, when you have that lack of intense cold that's making them migrate, you're starting to kind of force out certain species of plants and animals that are no longer being affected by that migration, and that could be catastrophic. Ron, you mentioned that there's some fish that freeze. I was kind of wondering what happens to fish and other living things in lakes in the winter when the lakes freeze over. Does that impact them at all? It really doesn't. You know, those fish that live in those lakes have adapted to those types of climates. They go down deep into the lake. They go into a more torpid state. Their metabolism slow down considerably, and they wait for that water to warm up. As most of us know, when you're talking about a lake that's big like that, only the top freezes. The lower part stays m- much warmer. Anybody who's jumped into, you know, done that polar plunge, you know, oh my God, it's freezing in the water. But when you get out of the water, you're actually colder because the air is colder than the water itself. So water actually serves as a method to heat these animals. That That's how iguanas now in South Florida are learning to survive these cold streaks because what they'll do is they learn to get into the water. Pythons are doing that. They get into the water. They don't freeze that way. They get slowed down, but the water is always warmer than the air, and it helps warm them up and get them through those cold snaps. Ron, the most famous animal in America one day a year is the groundhog because of Punxsutawney (laughs) Phil. I I wonder if you can tell us, like, what's a groundhog? Is it a zoo-worthy animal? Tell us a little about the groundhog. 
Well, you know, I think any animal may be a zoo-worthy animal if people don't get to see it. The groundhog is basically a big rodent. Um, it is a very common rodent. People see it more in the Northeast than most other places. Um, they are known for packing up and, you know, hibernating during the wintertime. They get those big cheek pads. But it's basically a huge rodent. I don't know where the Groundhog Day thing came from, where that whole thing started. But uh, there's nothing more predicting of a, than, uh, in a groundhog than there is in any other animal. So the whole thing about seeing a shadow, that was just somebody who had a few too many drinks. Uh, what do we have here, Ron, for our video this week that you're doing okay. play-by-play on? Let me, let me get out the video. Put it up. Uh-oh. It's a bush buck drinking water. You know what that means. This is going to be a crocodile. And it's drinking water. You see? A, yeah. This, no, this isn't going to end well. This is not going to. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, did you see that? Oh. that was? But look at the reflexes of that bush buck. Unbelievable. You had, this is unbelievable. This is fantastic. Watch. Oh, they're doing slow motion. Watch. He's drinking. I got to go walk. Oh, wow. Let me tell you something. Can you imagine an athlete with that kind of reflexes? The greatest athletes in the world cannot match the animal kingdom remember that you sports radio guys i'll talk to you next week love you bye-bye all of us were creeped out by the way that ron mcgill dismounted on that all of us looked at each other what it was i don't know what was it it was sensual it was why i don't it was (laughs) what just creepy nothing else yeah creepy (laughs) and now it is time to take a trip down memory lane Here's your guy, Greg Cody, with Back in My Day. Ready, set, hype! Someone would infect America's the annoyingly rampant, catapulting idea that more is better in anything and everything. And there isn't a better example than in sports, especially in the presentation of Super Bowls, the reigning, preening king of excess. It wasn't always so. The first Super Bowl pregame show was a concise, bare-bones, 30-minute synopsis of the game to come by CBS's Pat Summerall. The first Super Bowl halftime show, it starred the Grambling Marching Band and the Three Stooges doing a bit (laughs) explaining football to the uninitiated. The idea must have been, we have the two best teams playing for a championship. Let that be the star. Sort of made sense. Now, sports teams treat home fans as if they all have attention deficit disorder and require constant stimuli and entertainment racing mascots gyrating dancers fireworks face painting t-shirt cannons the super bowl pregame show is now some eight hours long on tv and seemingly as long in the stadium in miami on sunday it was relentless bombast from pitbull and dj khaled hype video team introductions by the rock a Dwayne wade video hyping miami a cheerleader from nfl network pitting chiefs and 49ers fans for greatest volume and an endless narcissistic parade of celebratory celebrity parties among other extraneous nonsense the nfl also knows how to do the heartstrings thing though so there was a pregame introduction of the 100 all-time greatest players and coaches including a poignant wave from now 90-year-old Don Shula. But Don wasn't even the oldest guy on the field. No, because the honorary captains for <laughs> the were. pregame coin flip were four 100-year-old World War II veterans. See, if you're a league beset by brain injury, safety issues, and players kneeling during the national anthem, you try to present stuff you're pretty certain fans won't boo. The halftime show Sunday. J-Lo and Shakira were shaking their hips so hard they knocked Mo, Larry, and Curly clean off the stage. Super Bowls are so overproduced and choreographed we should be lucky they still a lot time for the football game amid the cacophony of distractions. As for who won Sunday in a fabulous comeback, 
The winners were Shakira and Bill Murray in the Jeep ad. <laughs> the game MVP has not been named yet because the Iowa caucus was in charge of the vote tally. Folks, tongue and talk it back. What Torque just it. happened? What just happened there? Well, I, this was, I'm, I'm reading my own handwriting. Folks, talk it back to original reality. I want a 30-minute pregame. I want a halftime show with a marching band. No pole dancing needed. I'm Greg Cody, oh and that's how it God. was back in my you day. came out against pole dancing? But a marching band. It's like Colin Cowherd, the hip thrusting, not oh. a fan. Who the hell's a uh, we're getting this via via Twitter. Why uh, do two amazing, beautiful, talented women have to be sexualized? You saw erotica during that halftime show. I saw women. How about enjoying the talent and stop sexualizing the performance? Ma'am, Shakira and J-Lo at the end of the performance both swung their booties to knock over dozens of people. Like, it wasn't me doing the sexualizing of the performance. Lordy. Dan Lebitard making it happen. Hawk and Crowd are going to make it happen next here on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the best of the Joe show running back. Some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Also some of the best music. This is one of my bands joy division with transmission. One of the greats, some greats celebrated birthdays on this date. The great Rosa Parks on this day in 1913 was born Charles Lindbergh in 1902 and some sports greats. Lawrence Taylor turned 61 today and boxing star. Oscar De La Hoya, 47 years old. And I don't even know if my mic went on or off. The light went off. So maybe you're hearing me. Maybe you're not. I don't know. Nonetheless, in just a little bit, Doug Plagans and the guys, they are going to be bringing you all the action from the game. Panthers going to be playing against Columbus, Ohio, the Blue Jackets. Like I said, we're going to get to the pregame at 7 o'clock. But right now, Hawk and Crowder, they've got a new toy in the studio. Plus, they're talking about the XFL, headlines, and every once in a while, just getting it wrong. Ah, you hit my microphone, Solana. Maybe I wasn't ready. Now I'm ready. For the first time uh, since we've been in this new building, we can mic ourselves. And Solana is so used to miking us that he popped my microphone on, but I can control it myself now. That means, um, in all honesty, moving forward, you will hear Crowder like this. That's a good point, Hawk. uh... (laughs) Because he's going to forget to mic himself on a constant basis, and he's going to leave his mic on on a constant basis. Both ways. I'm going to turn my cell phone during commercials. I just did. So what's what's the protocol here? Am I do I no longer have mic duty? Is that is just that the watch me? Yeah, just keep an eye on him. Make sure I'm not talking when I'm not supposed to. Make sure that the red light on his microphone is on when you know he's about to talk. So you know, there's two ways to look. You can look right up there, the red the red light, and and right here where it says on. I'm on. Now what is this uh, stop button? Is that a cough cough button? Oh, perfect. Yeah, sir, Bob, I like control. That's like a bleep-eating grin button. (laughs) He had, there will be a sack before a TD pass. I'm about to choke. What is that? No. Oh, and I complained Uh about no cough button. Now we have a cough button. That Uh was yesterday you dying coughing. Gotcha. Gotcha. That old man cough. (laughs) That's the AARP cough. (laughs) (laughs) Tighten up, Paul. Tighten up. I can't. (laughs) I can't. 
getting, you hit 50, you get nasty. I'm 50, man, and you, I don't care. You get nasty, man. What happened to you? I don't care. <laughs> what happened to you? I've been trying to hit 50. My goal was, all right, hit 50, and then you could really go for that my 600-pound life life. Don't do it. I want that life. Don't do that to Lori. Lori no, 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 no. It's Lori not just doesn't Lori. Deal with you. It's going to be you. You're going to be cleaning under my flaps. You're such a good friend. I have to drive to Boca to clean your flap every night. You might, because it might be too it. heavy for her to, to lift. And so uh, she'll, you'll lift the flap, and then she'll come in with the Windex. <laughs> what about a car jack? What if I get a car hydraulic jack? She can do it herself. <laughs> yeah, and just lift Lap that old, up. Lift that old man breast up. So here we are back in the studio. We haven't been in the studio in uh, six or seven shows consecutively. We were at uh, Radio Row all week last week. We were at Twin Peaks yesterday. And then uh, we're only going to be in studio a couple days this week. Then Thursday, BB&T Center, Panthers and Vegas Golden Knights. Panthers had a nice victory last night in Montreal. And uh, Friday, we'll be back at Twin Peaks again this week. I would imagine, again, the Dolphins obviously matter more to uh, him and Stephen Ross and uh, and the Brass than just a Super Bowl. But Sunday, to me, I'm guessing, was the culmination of years' worth of work for Tom Garfinkel because they knew that they needed to renovate the stadium. I think they did a fantastic job doing so, and that's what was necessary to land a Super Bowl and a national championship game, and you've got them both. You had the Super Bowl Sunday. Next year's national championship game in college football is at Hard Rock Stadium, and so I'm I'm interested to hear. I think Tom Garfinkel deserves a huge round of applause. I think Stephen Ross does as well. And I'm curious to see how he took it all in yeah. Super Bowl week and then the game itself on Sunday. And I want to know, like, stuff that pops up when you're the CEO of a stadium. I'm I thinking the same thing. Like, like, does he walk in? Like, because everyone thought it looked amazing on TV. I thought so as well. Solana was at the game. I wonder, like, does he walk in anywhere after everything and go, how is this bathroom dirty? How is it? You know what I mean? Yes. Like, is is there something that transpired on Sunday where he said this is not up to par? The lines were too long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really curious. So we'll see. But I thought they did a fantastic job, and I wanted to bring him on and uh, and congratulate him. And I got to ask him about Stephen Ross. Once you invest a half a billion dollars into something, you have to be proud of what happened this last week. I would imagine. Because it, it, would, it wouldn't have happened unless Stephen Ross. Because he asked the county for that money. They said no. And Stephen Ross came back and said, okay. I'll do it. I'll do it myself. Stephen Ross had to be jacked up all last I mean, last that week. has to be. I'm guessing, and I know this isn't, um, this is probably not what he would prefer, but that's the biggest feather in his cap, right? During his Dolphins ownership tenure? Yes. Landing the Super Bowl and then yes. pulling it off perfectly. Yes. And Now, I, I, I know he would rather have success on the field for the Dolphins themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. His biggest accomplishment as Dolphins owner has been renovating the stadium to land the Super Bowl and then the Super Bowl being pulled off flawlessly under his watch. Well, you can't isolate it, though, because as a father, you want to be a great father, but also a great husband. Understood. Like, he wants to be a great owner of the Dolphins, but also a great owner of this stadium Understood. and bring it to South Florida Understood. what they need. And, and he is. I'm just saying his actual tenure as owner of the Dolphins has not gone the way that he expected. No. Now, this year, this offseason, I believe, is really the chance to fix it and put his stamp on it the way that he envisioned, because I believe he envisioned having Lamar Jackson yeah. in a Dolphins uniform. 
Um, and, and I guess, really, we start focusing on the draft now. We can focus also on the Miami Heat. They threw the hammer down on the Sixers last night. Sixers are maybe one of the biggest disappointments in the NBA. Well, Joel was out for a while, too, now. The Panthers, we can start talking about them. They took care of business last night when they needed to, and that, by the way, is against a team. When it comes down to the end, like they're going to be battling Montreal for one of those final playoff spots, and now they're two games up on them because they've beaten them twice. So that's that, a that uh, was a Toronto last night. Toronto, excuse yeah. me, and that's a that's a big deal. That's a big victory, and they were down three goals, I think. I personally am on fire on the Prize Picks app. Hit seven fifty seven hundred fifty dollars yeah. Sunday night last night. Hit $175. I'm up about a thousand bucks in the last two days on that prize picks app. I'll tell you about it later. But I am, I, and I, I, you know who I took yesterday? I took Jimmy Butler and he went off. Uh, Kevin Love, he went off. And then prize picks was giving you was like a, an after Super Bowl bonus. So they gave you Lou Williams and they set his fantasy point at zero. So it was, here's a freebie for you because he's going to go over zero. Yes. And so you really – so I had to pick two out of two, essentially, and I did it on the power play instead of flex play, and uh, and I cashed another big ticket. You can't shoot us a text when you see something like that? We looked at it at the end of the show. Shoot me a text, I man. thought we all looked at it at the end of the show. I didn't look hard enough. I didn't know we had a freebie. <laughs> Lou Williams, and that's your guy, too. I, I love you love Lou Williams. Lou Williams. You know why I love him? Because he said that one time, hey, if I go 0 for 16 – I'm going to hit the next 16 because I'm a 54% shooter. Like, right. I love guys like that. Got to be that way as a professional athlete. Keep shooting, baby. I love Lou. Sixth man of the year. and I, I, You know what? I, I love Goran this year. I have, I have something about six men. I love those guys that come in the game. Well, guys, too, that they know that's their role. Yes. It's not like they know it going in, and, uh, and Goran embraced it. You know, Dion mm-hmm. obviously did not this season. You saw a very big difference in the way that the two have handled this season, and Goran's been applauded thoroughly for just about everything that he's done. Because I love the concept of, oh, I don't need to start. <laughs> Watch when you put me in, Coach. Right. I love that guy. Right. I don't give a damn about no starts and I'll stats. give you 20 minutes. Watch the 20 minutes you give me. You decide where you want them. Watch what I do. I love that guy. And Lou, Lou's the best. I would say – I, I love Goran. Lou might be the best in the league at that. Yeah, well, he's he's been for the longest. Yeah, Goran may uh, be in the conversation this season. Yeah, just walking in the game and just automatic points. Watch this, Coach. The, uh, the XFL launched 19 years ago tonight. Now, it's going to launch again this weekend. Yeah. But the XFL, the original incarnation, launched 19 years ago tonight. I'm scared for them because of what happened to the AAF. Man, it's just like, I, I get the concept. I get sitting in a boardroom and going, people want more football. I do. Yes. Like, I'm always bummed after Super Bowl Sunday because you look forward to the draft in April. And then what? Camp is what? August? I mean, in it August. really starts to ramp up in August. Yeah. So, conceptually, yeah, I want more football. But then, <laughs> then that's not. am football. I really going to watch the XFL? I don't know. We tried with the AAF. I watched it a little bit because we had money on some yeah. of the games, but I had no vested interest in it. Will yeah. I with the XFL? I don't know. And they're making the same mistake AAF did. They're not selling. Right, it's the league. You can't sell a league. You have to sell people. They're selling I watched the, the game to see what Jimmy G did against Patrick Mahomes, right. speaking of the Super Bowl. I didn't care about but Kansas they just City don't, Chiefs they don't and 49ers. Have that. They don't have I, I, I'm, We're going to have to look at their rosters and see what – I know what, they have uh, Cardell Jones. They, right. have like, they have names we know, but I don't think they're selling them enough. 
They should act like Cardell Jones is Aaron Rodgers. Is the opening game, is it this Saturday? Do you know? I'll double check right now. Lee Sterling is going to come on this week, our professional sports handicapper who was on fire uh, for the Super Bowl with his prop bets and whatnot. And to be honest, the AAF. Well, he was pretty good with the AAF, yeah. and he's going to give us some XFL pick. Like, I, I'll, I'll watch it oh. the opening weekend. It, it's open this Saturday. Yeah, the first game is this Saturday, Feb 8th, Seattle at D.C., 2 p.m. Seattle at D.C., 2 p.m. On ABC. On Saturday, on ABC. I'll watch that. I'll watch, see what's going on. You know, I'm gonna see what my son thinks about it. And then yeah, the the uh, the Jaguars announced today they're playing two consecutive weeks in London this coming season. Both home games, by the way. So they're gonna lose mm-hmm. two home games in Jacksonville, and they're gonna stay in London because they're gonna play two consecutive Sundays in London. So they'll you know uh, uh, bunker down in London for two and a half, three weeks, I guess. Please remind us when this is happening that second week. I'm fade fade the Jags? Fade the Jags. Because you're in London now. It's like a vacation. And you're like an oddity. Like you can walk into places. I, they know you're in town for a special mm-hmm. reason. I was there for five days. And when you walked Don't in places. 15 days. As a big ass dude with dreads <laughs> and tattoos, they knew why you were there. And I did okay in London. Let's get headlines here with our friend Alejandro Solana. The Panthers did beat the Maple Leafs 5-3 to three yesterday, unless you read the Sun Sentinel this morning. That was crazy. You cannot get – now, we get everything wrong, but we are not journalists. We get everything wrong. Crowder's ready to admit he was wrong on Zion Williamson. Uh, 14 points a game. Uh, I'm just saying, you're ready to admit that you were wrong on Zion Williamson. <laughs> Man, they played but six games. Bro, you were so wrong on Zion Williamson. You're going to see what fat boys do. I dated a fat girl one time. <laughs> They okay for she petered out quickly. They okay for a couple weeks, and she got tired. Hey, let's go to the club. <sighs> yeah, the big girls—they need loving too, Crowder. Thanks for sharing some with that. I think Zion Williamson is going to be fine. He is playing Giannis tonight. That is on national TV. Whoo! I'm nervous. Two big names going at it. I believe in Zion, but of course, I am from New Orleans. It's Mardi Gras season, so that also means I'm probably drunk. But nonetheless. Very excited every time Zion and Giannis take the floor, much less against each other for the first time. Of course, always excited to hear Doug Plagan's Golden Pipes, and you're going to hear them in just a few minutes with the pregame to the Panthers versus the Blue Jackets. They are in Columbus, Ohio tonight. I have heard Columbus, Ohio is actually pretty, 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 pretty cool place. Hopefully it's cooler tonight because the Panthers will win. Like I said, Doug Plagans, K-Raj, my man Danny G, they've got you coming up in just a few minutes. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.